Hey there, if you are currently living paycheck to paycheck in your travel business because you don't know where your next client is going to come from, you likely have one of two problems, maybe even both, a traffic problem and a conversion problem. You see, a traffic problem refers to the amount of people coming to your website to learn more about working with you which means that the conversion problem is when your website isn't turning your website visitors into email subscribers, appointments, or paying clients. If you have a traffic and or conversion problem, your travel business is not going to survive. And that's not okay. And guess who is very much to blame? Your website. You see, a high converting website in the travel industry should be turning website visitors into paying clients with ease. If your website is not doing that, it is failing you. But there is a solution. Introducing Website in a Weekend, a transformative two-day virtual workshop tailor-made for travel professionals just like you. Arrive with nothing, leave with a breathtaking, high-converting website. Yep, just in a weekend. You'll equip yourself with a crystal clear core message, a stunning visual brand, content crafted with high converting frameworks and so much more. Early bird alert, sign up by September 20th and get your website copy written for you by my team. Plus, I will personally pick, pay for and place premium images on your website. Dates, mark your calendar, October 27th and 28th. Y'all, October 28th is my wedding anniversary. Show up. I'll be there for you. It'll literally change your business. Still unsure? Just ask Lisa. She transformed her website from meh into magnificent. And she says, it was worth every penny. My site now speaks to those that I want to work with. I highly recommend it. Or ask Patty, who says, all thanks to you and your team, Sandra, I get so many compliments and new clients. I'm actually having a hard time keeping up with all the new bookings. So why wait? Elevate your online presence, attract ideal clients, and say goodbye to your website woes. Ready to soar? Join Website in a Weekend and let's make magic together. Head over to travelmarketingandmedia.com slash website to learn more and book your spot. That's travelmarketingandmedia.com slash website. I'll see you there. So if you are one of the travel agents, advisors or agency owners that loves to post on Facebook and Instagram and maybe TikTok and all the things and you're just saying to yourself, you know what, this social media stuff, it's driving me nuts. I'm not getting any bookings and I'm posting every day. I'm putting in big energy, big social energy into this. Well, you're not going to find luxury travel clients by posting on social media. That's the first truth bomb that I'm going to drop today. There really are two incredible ways to find luxury clients, and both of them are very low cost. And as you start to grow and scale your business, you can invest more money into both of these to get more results. But these are really true, two amazing, amazing ways that I have found work every single time. They are foolproof. So are you ready? The first one is ads. And you might say to yourself, no, nope, not interested. Next. <laughs> well, hold on a second, because ads 
is how you know about almost everything that's available to you. And there are so many different styles of ads and ways that you can advertise, places that you can advertise. And there's always one golden rule. You want to advertise to the people who you're trying to get the attention of, to your ideal client. If this type of person saw my ad, I would be really happy. Because if your messaging is good, and you put it in front of the right people, it's going to work. So let's talk about the types of ads. The first ad that comes to mind for me is television ads. Television ads were the OG for many of us in the 30s, 40s, 50s age group. And before that, it would have been radio ads. And of course, I do remember radio ads sitting in the car with my parents. But radio ads, talkback radio ads, uh, television ads, those are all places where we learn about a lot of brands. And tonight, when you sit down to watch television, I want you to pay attention to the ads. Uh, I've talked about this before in trainings and coaching sessions, that the ads always match the audience. Ads match the audience. You can quote me on that. Sandra McLemore says that ads match the audience. So let me give you an example of that. I have a very excitingly dirty habit of wanting to watch the trashiest of reality TV series. And one of the favorites that I have is always The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I don't know. It's kind of, I believe in love. I believe in romance. I have an amazing love story. I want that for everybody who wants it. And low key, I like a little bit of the drama, but not too much because I really do want love to win in the end. But I was explaining to a girlfriend of mine who was like, I've been running ads and they never work. And I said, well, then your ads don't match the audience or your messaging is off. But let me tell her the example that I gave about The Bachelorette. The Bachelor and The Bachelorette have traditionally, over the past 20-something seasons, had the same audience. And if you ever watch it, you'll see that sometimes they have this um, thing called Bachelor Nation, which is their followers and fans. It's like Beyonce's Beehive or Taylor Swift's Swifties or Rihanna's Army. And it's basically like serious hardcore fans. So Bachelor Nation, sometimes the fans of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette will hold um, viewing parties. And this, you're probably thinking, what on earth is Sandra talking about? Viewing parties are all about getting together with a group of people and watching something on television together for the first time. And it's an experience. It's a way to take just watching a show and turning it into an actual experience. And so I noticed one day when I was watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, I can't remember, that I would see in these viewing parties that they were all young, college-aged girls, like so many of them. And it makes sense, right? Because the contestants are usually people in their 20s, sometimes early 30s. And so it's just a few years older than what they are. Then I would look at the ads on TV. And this is where my marketing brain super geeks out because you're never going to see ads during The Bachelor for Genesis, the latest Genesis car that just hit the market, or Range Rover or Maserati or BMW. You're going to see ads for the cool little Volvo, like it looks like a toy car, electric car. You're going to see ads for cosmetic brands. You'll see ads for skincare and face care and fashion and credit scores, like how to improve your credit scores. And you'll see all of those kinds of ads. And Not only will you see ads that match the audience in terms of the product that they're advertising, but you'll also notice that the people in the commercials 
are the same demographic as the viewers. And I thought that was so interesting. And recently, The Bachelor has decided to do the first Golden Bachelor, right? Which means that they have this man coming on. I think he's 70. I want to say he's 70, maybe 60s, 70. He looks 70, but he could be 60s. I don't want to be rude like that. But anyway, he's a Golden Bachelor. Very handsome beautifully sad story. His wife died, he's widowed, and he's now looking for love. I love that he said he's not looking for the same love because he can never get that. He's looking for a different love for a different time of his life. His daughters and family and friends are all cheering him on. And I said to Anthony, as they were playing his story in anticipation of his season to start soon, I said to Anthony, guess what? The ads are all going to change. And he said, oh, how riveting. (laughs) I was like, come on, get excited with me. I bet you all the ads change because women who are aged in their 30s, 40s, 50s and 60s are now going to be a little bit more interested in something that's of somebody who's more mature. So I bet you that we see different ads in The Golden Bachelor. So ads always match your audience and that's television ads. But I am not encouraging any of you to start running television ads. If you have the budget for television ads, come and talk to me Um, (laughs) because you're doing something even bigger and more amazing than I am. So that's one thing. The next thing is social media ads or search engine ads. So Google ads, you know, when you search for something in Google, it'll come up that it's sponsored. That's an ad. Social media ads. And I have a episodes about social media ads if you want to learn more about that. But um, social media ads are another place to find people. And that's even more interesting because if you think about the way that the television ads are run, they can put an ad in a TV show where they assume the audience is a certain demographic. Social media ads are even more targeted. Did you know that you can run ads to the following audiences? Let me let me give you an example. You could run an ad that is targeted to people who are already on your email list. That's called retargeting. You can run an ad to everyone who has ever come to your website. That's called retargeting. You can run an ad to people who like brands that you want to sell. So if you want to sell celebrity, you can literally run an ad to people who follow celebrity on social media. You can run an ad if you sell river cruise lines to people who like luxury ocean cruise lines and your ad, of course, would have the messaging would have to be spot on. It would be a, hey, did you know that if you like this, you would also love this? You can run an ad to types of people. If you do romance travel, you can run an ad to all engaged people in a city, country, all over the world, engaged people. Because engaged people, you know, haven't gotten married yet. They haven't had a honeymoon yet. You can run ads to people who have returned from an international trip in the last two weeks and say, hey, just got back from vacation. The only other thing that's better than getting back is getting out again. Um, You could run ads to mothers, to parents, to all kinds of different age groups of people. So that's one way that you can run ads in order to be able to help yourself. Uh, Let's talk about the next one. So now you're probably wondering to yourself, what actually are you going to make an ad about? Well, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode. And I'll, I'll do a different podcast episode for that. But your ad basically is no different to a TV ad that you see. It's telling you what the product is, why you want it, and it gives you feelings. And then it makes you take action of some kind. And so ads, I would say, is number one, the absolute best 
driver of traffic to your website and audience builder that you could possibly have to find luxury clients. Number two, I'm going to put out there, number two is going to require you to get dressed and leave the house. It's actually networking opportunities. Now, I'm not talking about going to a networking event. If you are anything like me and you're the kind of person that doesn't like being hugged by strangers or <laughs> doesn't like sitting down to break bread with strangers because it's a little awkward for you, then don't worry, I've got you on this. I'm not suggesting that you head out to your local chamber of commerce and start networking with other business owners. There is a time and a place and a result that you would desire if you were going to take that action. Today, we're just talking about luxury clients. So luxury clients, if you think about it, are really just people who have disposable income to spend on certain types of travel because luxury is very subjective and we can talk about that on a, on a different day. But Luxury to one person is different to someone else. So luxury to, some, to one person might be flying premium economy. Luxury to someone else might be flying business or first class and luxury to another person is nothing less than a private jet. So, well, look, renting a private jet, chartering a private jet, and then luxury to the next person is owning multiple jets and choosing which one you're going to use that day. So I really want to make sure that you understand that because it's about people who have a disposable spend on travel and they want to have unique experiences, bucket list experiences, exclusive experiences, stay in certain kinds of accommodation, fly certain ways. That means that they like certain things in life. They like to do certain things and go to certain places. So any opportunity that you have to book or participate in an experience or at an event or at a restaurant or at a club or a social bar, where these types of people are is always going to be great for you. And I'll give you an example, two examples actually. I, for the last, I wanna say four years, have been flying first class. I always fly first class, always 100%. And when I meet people in the Delta Lounge and I meet people on the aircraft, it's incredible the type of conversations that you start. I've actually made friends with people. There are two women that I have in LA that are my friends that I met them on a Delta flight, right? Um, there, uh, there is a woman that I met at the Hollywood Bowl, which is a concert venue in Los Angeles. And it has these things called terrace seats right down the front. And you'll pay maybe, on a good day, you'll pay $300 or $400 per ticket. And on a really rough day, you'll probably pay for a really big artist, you might pay $1,000 or $2,000. And they have these picnic tables where you can actually sit at the concert and eat dinner and drink wine and watch the concert. And you can order and they'll bring food directly to you. It's really, really fancy. And everybody else is sat behind you in rows, tens of thousands of people high. So at the Hollywood Bowl, I met a woman who was sat right next to me and they love to travel. And she said, I see you on ABC sometimes doing the travel segments. And I said, yeah. She said, do you actually book travel? And I said, no, I don't. I said, but I know about 40,000 people who do. And we started talking and actually she did become a client of somebody in my community because I referred her to them. Um, I always refer 
when people ask me, I refer them to two or three travel advisors and I tell them to send an email to all three and see who they resonate best with or who gets back to them. And it was just interesting. And I didn't have to be a television personality for her to recognize me to ask that question about travel. You know, that that comes up all the time. And it actually had come up that they travel a lot in a previous conversation that night because she said, oh, did you see that Andre Bocelli is coming here? And I said, yes, I did. We're going to be out of town. We're traveling to Budapest uh, for a conference. And she said, oh, I saw him when I was in Greece last year. Actually, we went just for that. And it was marvelous. And I, and I remember thinking, if I was a travel advisor, this lady right here, unless she's got a travel advisor that she's in love with, this lady right here is an ideal client. So putting yourself outside with these luxury clients it might be a car show it could be a a tennis club it could be a golf club it could be a social club we have a couple of social clubs here in LA Um, there is a club for African Americans called the Jack and Jill Society and I'm not part of it but I know a lot of my um, a lot of my friends are and those are really affluent families Um, if your kids still go to school there are school events. If your kids are in a private school, there are school events. So it's really about saying to yourself, what kind of experiences do luxury travelers like to have at home, here at home? Theater, music events, all those things we just talked about, restaurant events, wine tastings. And am I showing up in those places and forming genuine connections? Because I will tell you that that conversation that night at the Hollywood Bowl with Miss Isol Andre Bocelli in Greece last year, and that's the only reason we went there, she asked me if I booked travel. That there would have guaranteed made up for the $700 I spent in tickets that night to go there. So those, my friends, they're just a really short episode today. Those are the two places where you will always find luxury clients and you will always be able to access them easily. I definitely recommend spending some time and energy investing in more um, learning about ads and more learning about luxury clients and how to find them because it really does make a huge difference. And if you are getting frustrated with social, we have an episode for that. You might just want to come off. We did. Uh, Quick thing I said I was going to tell you to check yourself before you started uh, this one of those strategies. Well, both of them, actually. I just want you to ask yourself, if you showed up with ads online targeting luxury travelers, and if you showed up at an event or a venue looking to meet luxury travelers, do you look luxury? Do you sound luxury? And I'm not talking about, oh, I have an accent from the South and I'm embarrassed or whatever. No, I'm not talking about that. Your accent is beautiful, no matter where you're from. I'm talking about, do you dress the part? You don't have to go out and buy designer clothes. You can have a good day out at Marshall's or Russ, but do you show up well-groomed, well-polished and well put together? And if they were to go to your website, does your website look like somewhere they would want to drop $20,000 in travel? So just some food for thought there. Those are two places that I think are brilliant, absolutely astonishingly brilliant for finding luxury travels. And if you have not already joined our private Facebook group, head over there because we will have a post in the guides for this episode where we can chat about this a little bit more. We'll see you then.